What's up guys, welcome to Talk and Fit. So these are our first two episodes that we're gonna be releasing, uh, just getting to know us as trainers, as people. Uh, so this first episode is going to be uh, us getting to know Tyler. So uh, full disclosure, he does not know the questions I'm gonna ask him, nope. and I do not know the questions that he's gonna ask me. So uh, let's start off with some the real basics of just getting to know him. Uh, first off, Tyler, how old are you and how tall are you? So I'm officially by the books, as far as last time I measured myself, seven feet tall. I uh, could have grown maybe an inch, maybe two, but we're gonna say seven foot just to keep it uh, official on the records. As far as age, I'm currently 28. I'll be 29 uh, as of July. Okay, so me and Tyler are pretty close in age. Uh, very different in height, though. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where are you from? Uh, and you know, give us a little bit of a breakdown of the current phase of your life. Like, what, what's going on for 28, 29 year old Tyler? Awesome. So I am from currently, uh, I'm from Troy, New York, uh, Lansenburg, New York, uh, small little town right in Albany. Uh, it's pretty much cold, gray, gloomy here 24 seven, but you know, that's home. That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up and that's where I'm currently residing. You know, as far as uh, life goes in my current uh, business situation of what I'm getting to, I was at a, a prior establishment for close to five years. I chose to branch off on myself and am currently in the process of building uh, slash promoting my own brand and my own business, which is Nourish, as you guys will come to find as you hear this podcast. Uh, taking each step day by day, it's uh, definitely a much more uh, involved process <laughs> than, yeah. I, than I currently thought it was going to be. Well, but, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of interesting just to not go off on a tangent, but uh, Tyler is starting his own business uh, now, uh, you know, over the last month or so. And I've actually had my own business for, you know, for three years now. So before, um, you know, March-ish of, of 2021, I think I'd probably talk to Tyler once or twice in my entire life, like beyond, like, uh, you know, beyond like a, hey, what's up? Uh, you know, so I'm kind of getting to know him and he's getting to know me as you guys are getting to know us too. Uh, the reason why we decided to work together is because we both have very similar views on fitness and nutrition. Uh, we come from even kind of similar backgrounds and, and have very similar uh, you know, life values as well. So uh, we felt that we would work good together, but it'll be kind of cool to get to know each other along with you guys, you know, but like I said, besides our moms getting to, to learn some stuff about, about us. <laughs> uh, so uh, taking it back a little bit, uh, what motivated you to get started uh, working out? How old were you? And you know, what type of workouts did you do when you, when you first started working out? So age-wise, I was 12. So I was about eh, maybe about a foot, foot and a half shorter than I was now. Um, and yeah, the first thing that actually ever got me into it was just uh, seeing magazines and realistically just, I think, seeing the, the bodies of athletes who I wanted to be like. Mm -hmm. uh, Shaq was always my role model growing up. And I saw how much of a force he was on the basketball court. And I knew what came with that was strictly just strength, exercise. And you played basketball game. at the time? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. So I played basketball at the time. I uh, actually didn't play organized um, basketball until junior year of high school. So I uh, always played for fun, uh, realistically. But um, yeah, that what really got me into, you know, referring back to what we were speaking about, uh, what got me more into just like the weightlifting and, and uh, really getting into the weights and stuff like that was I, I just wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be as successful as I could at the sport that my heart was built for. You know, yeah. That's where my passion came for. So. Uh, that's really where I started. I uh, just started basically doing bench press and doing some push-ups. Uh, had the worst soreness. I will never forget. It felt like somebody was actually tearing apart my, my pec muscles. Um, 
yeah, so that's really what got me into it from there. And then I just continued to, uh, you know, further my pursuit of just getting to know my body more. How Did to- you work out at a, at a gym? No, so actually I just had a bench in my nice. backyard. Right. Oh, it's, uh, not, to, not to get into anything about me because we're doing a separate episode of that, but it's so crazy because uh, I started working out when I was 12 and I actually played sports uh, when I was younger but never organized, always just like pick up stuff. Yep. And I, yep. the only time I ever tried out for a team was the basketball team in my junior year of high school. <laughs> so it's, it's no yeah, way. yeah, totally crazy. Really? I mean, I didn't make it, but, uh, yeah. but they, yeah, wow. it's very, very crazy. Uh, yes. Yeah, speaking of that, I actually get, um, what actually happened and most people wouldn't believe it was the reason junior year was, was my only year of like organized basketball was because freshman year I played, uh, but then actually I got a stress fracture, um, under my left growth plate, under my knee. And that pretty much took me out for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really count that year, you know, yeah. as much. But uh, I, I do remember trying out in eighth grade, and I was I'd say probably six four, and I still got cut. Still. <laughs> yeah. So I will say I definitely wasn't as athletic as I needed to be. I couldn't move as well, you know, which a lot of it came from training. Yeah. And uh, just working out myself internally. So. Yeah, I was good. I was like good for driveway pickup, but not good for like full court, <laughs> full court organized. Um, uh, so yeah, so you were just kind of doing, uh, you know, 12 years old, kind of doing some you know, basic stuff, you know, yeah. I'm sure everyone, when they start working out, they first thing to do is some sort of chest, chest exercise. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you started working out at 12, uh, you know, played basketball all throughout high school and then into college, right? Yep. So played high school, um, local high school around here. Then I played at a, a D2 school in Long Island, um, Malloy college. It's uh, right by Hofstra. And then from there I went and played uh, professionally over in Germany. Um, That's crazy. How long did you live, How long did you live in Germany? Yeah, so I was there for uh, just a season. So I think I ended up staying there. It was about six months, or excuse me, seven months, seven eight months. Um, and I was you're how old? Um, so this is right after senior year, so twenty one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's crazy. So seven months, so were you living in an apartment or like, were you living like with a, like a group of people or like uh, from the team or living on your own? No. So, uh, when you, most teams, I will say, unless you're playing on a really lower level, mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll give you room, they give you board. And then, so basically like your salary, the money you make is just your money. Like, oh, you know, you got to buy food and things of that nature, yeah. of course. But they, they usually normally will pay for room and board and give you a car and things of that nature. So is that stuff that you had? I didn't have a car, okay. but I did have room and board. Luckily, I could walk to everything that yeah, was close. Yeah. It was close. The gym was really close. Uh, the court was close. So I would just basically every day, let's <laughs> wake up, uh, get a workout in, go get shots up, relax all day, and just do kind of what you want, and then have practice and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, at least later in the season, it was more so that way. So it was definitely maintainable. But uh, yeah, you learn a lot living in a different country. That's awesome. Yeah, one of, one of my sure. wife's best friends actually lives in Germany, and uh, she's from here. And her, her husband is uh, from Portugal, and they both they, they he coaches judo. He coaches the German oh, okay. judo team, and she she's a, a judo athlete, so that's why they moved there. So it's very similar. Like they moved there for a sport. Yep. Um, but yeah, she rides her bike everywhere. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's crazy that you lived in Germany for that long. That, that, <laughs> um, that's that's awesome. So uh, then season so season was over, and you, just, and you came back home. Yep. So season was over, came back home. I was basically just looking. Uh, for the next team to go to, I was training like I was training two, three times a day. But like, that's not not all not all strength training or anything like that. More so, you know, get some cardio and strength training too. But a lot of skill work. Okay. Um, at, at the end of the day, the number one thing as an athlete, whether it's collegiate or uh, at a pro level, is it's your skill. I mean, you can always work on your fitness, but you yeah, have to, yeah. you know have the skill. So I uh, was doing that, and basically. 
my body was like, you're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it kind of said, you know, uh, you're done. I was training really hard, but uh, my joints and stuff were messed up. Referring back to the stress fracture uh, that I had under my growth plate back in ninth grade, it caused an imbalance mm-hmm. in my body. So I wore orthotics in my shoes and played for, how long was that for? It's probably about 10, 12 years of playing like organized. Oh, wow. And you got to think this is seven foot. If I was playing, I was about 275. Yeah. Um, you know. And that's all just coming down on your joints. All coming oh, down yeah. on the joints yeah. and I'm offset. I had orthotics that had a, a so apparently the leg life differential is supposed to be about three-fourths of an inch. My physical therapist, Sam Arnold, who's absolutely amazing, and Nicole, physical therapy, shameless plug, but she's awesome. Uh, she had always told me, you really don't, I don't think you need orthotics, but yeah. I told her, I know my body, I'm an athlete, I play, I need these to yeah. be in my shoes. And that was simply because the tissues, my joints, everything was so accustomed to having something under them. Yeah. Well, it, it got to the point more recently where I had still trouble with my feet, had foot surgery, extreme pain, got an infection, huge ordeal, didn't want to go through that again, so it made me look really intrinsically towards myself, like you have to fix these things. Yeah, these, yeah. This, you have to change your body or else you are going to be immobile by the time you're 35, maybe, I'm yeah, 28. Yeah. And I would struggle just to walk my dog some days. I'd be in so much pain uh, just from the whole day. And then, But I, I was like, this doesn't make sense at 28, and if I'm someone that takes care of my body, this all shouldn't be happening. So. Basically, got the surgery done, didn't want to go through that ordeal again, and was like, you got to fix yourself. That's just time. Mm-hmm. So besides the strength training and all the other normal things, I took the orthotics out, really started focusing on foot health, mm-hmm. uh, foot mobility, toe mobility, toe strength. There's so much that's lost in footwear, especially oh, yeah. that people don't think about. And that's why I utilize that a lot of my training. I have a lot of my clients will work in strictly either most people don't like to go barefoot, so yeah. I have them at least socks. So they have a little more feeling to the ground. They oh, yeah, totally. Start yeah. to build those uh, those neural pathways. So I love when I get a client, they come in and they have like the, the three-inch like foam under the foot. It's those oh, type of sneakers, is, like, like yes. running shoes. Yep. And I try to – it usually takes me a while, but I have to explain to them like, yeah, you know, you probably shouldn't be squatting in those. And, and uh, so I get I, – I, and it eventually get my clients to get like something with a little more solid uh, bottom. Yep. But no, no that's uh, – that is crazy. Yeah, I think uh, one thing I saw recently was saying how – you know, uh, like a memory foam mattress is very comfortable, but you wouldn't want to, want to do push-ups on it. You know what I mean? So it's no. it's very unstable. So and uh, you know that's a good point. That I think a lot of people don't think about that. that you know, someone who's very athletic and and who moves around a lot can still do a lot of damage to their joints and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who aren't as athletic and aren't as active when they want to become more active and they want to lose weight, they just go out and start running and they're just mm-hmm. not thinking mm-hmm. about this stuff and it's totally wrecking their joints. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's definitely a sales pitch that we can make to someone one day. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick it to mo- more about Tyler. So um, For sure. So when exactly did you start uh, training people and become a coach? So while I was, so again, coming back, so from home from Germany, I was in between, uh, just kind of working odd jobs here and there. Yeah. I worked security here and there. Um, I would always help my friends with like nutrition and stuff. Uh, and then once I, when I was actually working security, I was in the process, I was just reason, reading the NASM mm-hmm. uh, textbook, just front to back. Yeah, <laughs> Basically, yeah. I was just like, I'm, I'm a person who learns, I'm a visual learner, I like to see it in front of me. Uh, so I started doing that. So I always kind of did it as a side thing, you mm-hmm. know, a little side also. And then I think it was... August of 2000, I think it was August 2016. So I was at the point where I was like, either you're going to go play or you're going to stay home and just get into what your next step. So I always knew my next step was fitness, owning a business, a gym, something that I wanted to do. It would allow me to stay active because I'm someone 
who cannot sit behind a desk. I yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. You barely fit behind a desk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so with that being said, I was like, I gotta stay active. I want to do those things. So uh, yeah, it just transitioned perfectly. And um, yeah, I got into it right in 2016, joined uh, the local gym here, Metabolic, and uh, yeah, it was there for a while. And, you know, it just became the time for me to part ways and do my own thing. And so you were there for how, how long? Like four or five years? Four almost? and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yep. like, uh, it's interesting, again, we won't make this about me, but we have very similar paths, like uh, wanting to pursue a certain career path yep. and then injuries kind of stopping you from it mm-hmm. and then going into training. And that's almost exactly like my path too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Tyler worked at a place called Metabolic. It's a uh, group training. So, you know, working with anywhere from like, you know, with 20 to 45 people at a time. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that, you know, and, and you're, you're a trainer who's, you know, you're punching the clock every day like Tyler was, you know, you're just, you're working with hundreds of people every day, you know, bouncing around, very active, very on your feet. So it's a great uh, opportunity to just learn a ton and really kind of learn on the job, learn how to correct someone who maybe is like, you know, 60 years old and can't lift a 20 pound dumbbell versus mm-hmm. maybe a 25 year old person on the other side who's extremely fit. Yep. And you're in, within 30 seconds, you're making those corrections on the fly. It's one of, you know, training with people, real people in person is one of the best ways to, to, get better at being a coach. For sure, um, I 100% agree. And I, I definitely think the variance is, is something that's underappreciated to be able to yeah. work with somebody who is, say even a pro athlete, you know what I mean? It has a pro athlete level um, of athleticism to work with them in, in one part and then from there work with Auntie Susan who's yeah. 50 years old and isn't the most athletic person just started maybe two months ago. But to have that variance, it, makes, it allows you to learn I feel like I have such um, an accelerated pace from just being exposed to multiple people. Multiple yeah, I think that's one of the, like I've had, uh, at, I've been a trainer now for a while, so I've had people ask me about like, you know, when they want to become a trainer, like, you know, where I think they should work or mm-hmm. what, what I think they should do. And I think nowadays everyone wants to, yep. you know, start their own business and, and, you know, be an online trainer. But uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice I always give people is just, you got to work for at least three to five or more years in a place like that or a, yes. or a box gym where you're just working with a, you don't have to worry about getting clients. They're being fed to you pretty much. And you can just focus on being a better trainer and not have to market yourself and make Instagram posts and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so again, that's the, that's the right way to go about it is working someplace like that, get your skills and then go off on your own. So it's pretty much exactly what you're doing. So do you remember your first uh, class or client that you worked with? Do you remember what that experience was like training your, whether it was a one-on-one or a group, what, what was your first time being a coach like? So first time coaching a one-on-one, um, I do remember just because it was simply a family friend. Yeah. I, I realized that it was going to be a little different working, <laughs> working with people that were, you know, had different personalities and yeah. uh, different just wants, different needs. Uh, so I, I think doing that was almost each of them have their own their own qualms in certain ways, you know, that each of them has their pros and cons, I think. Um, but I think that no matter what, uh, that definitely working with sometimes, for me at least, working with a friend is was easier simply because of, there's a level of comfort. There's a comfort, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think over time you do build that as you get, you know, your new clients and things of that nature, though. Um, and you definitely build that rapport really quickly. Uh, as far as our group class, I... I remember the first time I felt like I actually did a good job. Yeah, no, that's no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you just you feel in flow. You feel like you're moving. It's 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 nonstop. It's 
it's definitely mentally stimulating. It's, you know, it stays right around for most group fitness things are about 45 minutes to an hour and uh, you're going. It's high intensity. I mean, you're, you're using every ounce of energy, your voice, um, everything of that nature and also trying to, you know, number one, make sure everyone's safe. Yeah. I think, th I think that's the, the biggest difference is the, the ability to control the safety of a lot of movements when it gets to be that many different people at once. Uh, that strictly just comes from a place of care. I just really care about my clients. Yeah, I've been yeah. through <laughs> just a little bit of what I told you about my feet and back and, you know, all these things from being such a big human that I, whenever I see a, a form that, that looks way off or someone's going to, like, someone that was going to get hurt, I could always just hustle over and make sure, you know, like, do it this way, enforce the form and make sure that always came first in the group setting. Yeah. It's just a lot tougher than doing it one-on-one. -on -one. You know, but I do like the variance, though. I think yeah, I, I mean, one of the things people don't un really, if, unless you've done it before, uh, and when I say done it before, I mean done it full time as a coach, whether you're doing group classes or one-on-ones or a mix, um, you know, you're, everything you just described, high energy, correction, mm -hmm. a lot of talking, laser focus on the client or the class, and then it's over. And then you got to go do it again and again and again and again <laughs> right and after, again right yeah, all day long. So, uh, you know, I, and uh, one, I had one uh, trainer that I follow, Joe DeFranco, I'm sure you know who he is too. Yep. He always says, you know, whether it's your last appointment, even if it's your last appointment a day, it's that client's first appointment. Mm -hmm. or it's their only appointment. So, you know, you have to go into it with a certain level of energy. And it's definitely something that I don't think uh, trainers and coaches get the, the acknowledgement for that they, they should. is just the amount of effort you give to each client, when it, that client has a really good experience, they may not realize that you're doing that five to 10 times a day over and over five, six days a week. For so, multiple people, so sometimes have, hundreds of people. Yes, yeah, so you have to you have to love it to a certain extent if you want to have a, make a living in it. Yeah, um, for sure. So uh, a couple more questions, just getting to know Tyler. Uh, you know, what are some of your, and this is kind of a broad question, mm -hmm. um, but personally for you, um, what are some of your like basic training nutrition beliefs? Like what's your, uh, currently, uh, or overall, what's your favorite kind of training style that you like to do? Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as nutrition goes, what's your day-to-day -day approach like to nutrition? Not necessarily like, you know, specific foods that you eat, but like, how do you go about, you know, your day when it comes to, to eating? You know, what, what do you think is important to, to pay attention to? For sure. Wow. I could talk about this for probably an hour. I'll yeah. <laughs> and we will eventually. Yeah, yeah. Easily. But uh, yeah, I'll try to keep it, uh, keep it pretty simple. I'll try to knock it down to maybe one or two for both. So as far as, uh, as far as training goes, a huge thing for me uh, was, of course, strength training is always going to be bread and butter in terms yeah. of just uh, feeling, <laughs> feeling well, being able to control this body through space. And uh, yeah. especially as I get into the later years in life, you know, I have strength and control over my body. But uh, for me, the biggest thing that I really started to change, especially over the past few years, was just taking more time to focus on recovery mm -hmm. and also focus on uh, mobility has yeah. been huge for me. I mean, I remember maybe about two, three years ago, my squat wasn't anywhere even close to yeah. 90 degrees at, you know, seven feet tall. It's, it's a long way to go down. Uh, but now I can get there relatively easy. I focus on, as far as training goes, I'll uh, do strength training. Um, three, four times a week. I usually try to keep it uh, four times a week for yeah. my split uh, and just get, get intense. I don't do every single day, nor at this point in my life, I don't feel like I need to yeah. um, either uh, because I also know that for me personally, uh, making sure my cardiovascular is on point. Um, I'm a big guy. I get tired of it <laughs> pretty easily <laughs> if, if it's not up to par, to be honest. So yeah. I love playing basketball still. So that's, you know, my cardio as well. 
Um, mobility just has been huge for me. That's pretty much mobility and tissue work. So a lot of, you know, um, a lot of myofascial release and just taking care of my body. I, I think it's weird that the, the problem with my feet just made me look even more so intrinsically into myself and say, well, what have you really done for your feet? What have you really done for yourself except for just throw something under them and expect them to just work? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I do, a, I, I also add in some grounding now. I do a lot of uh, focus on big toe extension and strength and ankle stability. And then these are all things, I'm working on my roots so the tree can stand. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, know, that's basically. A, it's, no, it's good. Like, uh, you, you know, you have to do the quote unquote, like, the boring stuff yeah. if you want it to, to last, you know, a yep. long time and be able to do this. You know, I think a lot of times people go into to working out and fitness only focused on the results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's basically like if you're building a house and all they're focused on is the, you know, the, the picture they have in their mind of what they want the house to look like and not paying attention to the type of wood you're using to build it or yep. the bricks you're using. So you can, you can have a nice looking house with really crappy, you know, structure to it and yep. it's not going to last. So, um, yeah, that's, that's an awesome approach. And I think, most people who are actually serious about fitness, once you're in it for uh, you know a, a good amount of time, you naturally get to that point where you start realizing like, wow, okay, I have really have to start focusing on actually recovering and not just mm -hmm. killing it or going beast mm -hmm. mode in my workouts. And, and I think where that comes from, and I know you can <laughs> you can respond with me on this, of course, is this the athlete mindset. Yeah, I mean. To me, I, I used to think it's every single day, no days off, you go as hard as you can, yep. you drill yourself into the ground because that translates to you being the best athlete you could be on the court. Yeah, exactly. In hindsight, it was probably a little less focused on your recovery, the mobility and things of that nature and be more of a, a well-rounded you know, athlete in general. And actually, fo and actually focusing on the result and not yes. just being the best at exercising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you can work out seven days a week, twice a day, and be really good at like... <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about training. We talked about, you know, taking care of your body and, and, and being mobile. So now let's go into a little bit about, you know, day-to-day. -day. What does your nutrition look like? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what, what are some basic principles? If you had to narrow it down to let me be like two or three basic principles that you apply to your own personal nutrition. For sure. So as far as uh, personal nutrition goes, number one for me is whole food-based Generally speaking, I live pretty much, you know, the quote unquote 80, 20, 90, 10, whatever you want to call it. Realistically for me, it's pretty much Monday. Of course, it, it, it varies if, you know, I go on vacation or those things, but I just enjoy in those moments. Yeah. Um, for me, I just, I try to take as, um, as much of a realistic approach as I can to my day because I'm real with myself. I'm doing a lot of things. The same approach yeah. I'll give to my clients. I understand that we have to, you know, be not as hard on ourselves, but of course set standards as well. So. Protein, of course, is, uh, you know, probably number two for me besides um, just focusing on uh, my overall calorie intake. I just, throughout the year, based upon my goals right now, summertime's coming, I'm in a slight deficit. <laughs> a deficit for me is still slightly under like 4,000 calories, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no big deal. But, no, but again, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's something to pay attention to, too, because like, you know, we, so for me, a deficit um, is going to be much different than a deficit for Tyler. Yep. Um, not again, trying to focus this more on Tyler, not on just general nutrition advice, but yeah, but like someone might see that and they go, Oh my God, like how can he, how come he can eat that many calories and, and lose weight? And I can't, it's like, well, cause he's seven feet tall <laughs> and exactly. he's active. So, <laughs> so that's why, but yeah, so calories first, protein second, yep. whole food based. Um, yeah, I would say those are my general things I like to stick by. I realistically, I think if, if you're focusing on, if your hydration is met, your protein is met, 
Uh, from there, you can vary, you know, along with your carbs and fats if you're trying to, you know, stay around maintenance or especially being in a deficit, which I know you agree with similar, similar uh, mindset there as well. And uh, yeah, I just, I also, I just try to enjoy what I'm eating, man. I don't, yeah. I don't try to eat the, I eat what's consistent for me for breakfast. And then I like to mess around with my dinners or lunches a little bit just to really give myself some variance. But number one is always going to be consistency though. But yeah. whatever allows me to feel my best and be the most consistent with whatever my goals are at that time. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, I mean, uh, overall that is kind of should be in line with most people's goals is it, whatever you're doing, you should be able to do it, uh, you know, for the next five years and yep. not feel like you're sa- making too many sacrifices. 100%. Uh, okay. So a couple more, uh, right now, you know, what is your, if you had to kind of, I don't like to use the term like five year plan because I think that's, I mean, if I look back in the last five years of my life, nothing that's going on now was planned. <laughs> nothing was in the plan. But everything, but everything I'm doing now is way better than I could have ever planned for. Awesome. Um, you know, so, you know, it's all positive stuff. Um, but, you know, for you, what are some current, you know, just general life goals, long term goals that you have? Not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, financially or fitness related, but just right now, like what, what is the next, you know, few years look like as, is what do you, what would you like to accomplish? Now, are you talking just personal goals or is it more business related or uh, a little bit of both? Like maybe one or two personal, one or two business. Okay. All right. Um, Hmm. So personal, I would say personal goal, realistically, just relating, just, I mean, it's kind of hard not to talk about fitness and nutrition because there's our life. Uh, But realistically, my goal is just over the long term, stay around, you know, like maintenance to a slight deficit and just slowly get leaner over time. Realistically, the reason for doing that for me is I feel like being slightly, not only in terms of my workouts, but just over time being slightly leaner will just allow my body fat to keep dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, being a little lighter on the joints and things of that nature. You know, always just, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, always good to be lighter <laughs> yeah. on the joints. Basically, you know, that's, that's a, a day-to-day and even long-term, that's realistic. My, my goal is to not only lift, but move for longevity, you know, move for like, this is a centurion race. I'm not trying to be the most jacked guy by 35. I'm just strictly trying to feel good, move well, and eat well. For as long as I can. Okay. And what about for your business? For business? Well, being in the early stages, um, I think I'm looking for an exciting summer, I'll say first off. But as far as, you know, uh, getting to the, you know, year, three years, five years longer into that plan, I think my goal is to establish myself both as an internet presence, but also still keep up with the in-person training to still yeah. be able to work with. I, I, I will never let that go, not only because um, it's what I've done for you know the past yeah. almost five years, but really it's just because I love it. I, yeah, I, no, I, I love definitely. to train people in person. I train family members, yes. Yeah. Keeps you fresh, it keeps you involved. And uh, you know, on top of you know, also performing your own exercise and doing your own pro- programming, but it keeps you hot, keeps you fresh. Um, and yeah, I think longer term is, uh, just again, referring back to the business though is, just want to grow. I want to grow. I'm excited to just be out there, be a presence, be my own person and just see what opportunities are coming my way. Cause I feel like when I, you, I live, when I live the life that's most aligned with me, I've had nothing but general happiness. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, the decision for me doing uh, what I chose to do recently in terms of leaving where I was. And you know, from there I want to build upon that. So. Awesome, man. All right. So now we're just going to finish this out uh, with some quick, Quick answer, hot seat questions. Uh, these are just the fun ones. So just you know, kind of narrow it down. Very quick answer, and then you know, if it's very interesting, then maybe we'll talk about it. But uh, <laughs> okay, uh, 
currently, uh, what's a few of your favorite podcasts to listen to besides ours? Well, definitely ours. Um, no, um, I love the uh, Joe DeFranco's podcast. It's amazing. Cody McBroom, uh, very knowledgeable guy. I love his stuff. Uh, Jordan Syatt, love all of his information, his uh, concept on nutrition. A lot of his ideas align with mine. Um, and I'll say those are three of the big, biggest ones. What about like a fun one that has, is not fitness related? Do you listen to anything that's not fitness related? Fun one, not fitness related. Honestly, I don't. Uh, simply because I'll listen to music. Yeah, you're better. Instead, yeah, but, you're, you're a better person than me. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I talk so much about fitness and business that it's just like I when I listen to a podcast, I just don't want to. I want to listen to something that has nothing to something do with different. it. Something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, I could. <laughs> All right, so. Um, First, I think we kind of covered this, but um, besides when you were working out at home, yep. what's the first gym you ever worked out at? YMCA. YMCA yep. in Troy? Yep, okay. right up in Troy. Okay. Never forget, quick side note, I'll keep it real short, but that was the gym where I was trying to bench 135 and I wasn't strong enough yet. Got it down on my chest and had to do the roll forward. I've done that. Oh my God. Yeah, it scarred yeah. me for life. Really? I was, saying, see, I was I, so young. I was so that's, embarrassed. That's funny. That's funny. I've, I've done the roll more than once. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like you're on a bench press. If you can picture this and the weight gets on the chest, you can't get it off. And yep. you have to choose right there. Do you roll it or do you be the guy who's yelling for help? And you don't want to be the guy yelling for help, especially when it's only 135. So you just roll it down to your hips and then you sit up and you kind of like deadlift it off your hips, put it on the yep. floor. I've done that plenty of times. No shame in that. Not at all. Um, uh, maybe you can't, maybe you don't remember like the, the, do you have like an idea of what's like the hardest workout you've ever done? Like, or one, or maybe one that just sticks out as like, that one was awful. Hardest work. I'll never forget. Um, one of the first couple times I used the prowler. Okay. So the sled, like the sled. And, yeah. So, and then doing a, uh, doing a prowler mile. Oh, a prowler I've mile never heard of that was before. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. It's, That's disgusting. It's horrible. It was so basically, it's just pushing the sled, loaded up with whatever load you choose. But we um, were both very tall, strong young gentlemen, so we would just alternate back and forth, just going as far as we can. And yeah, it broke me down. That's I, I wasn't expecting that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay, what are three songs that uh, you know that stay on your workout playlist? So I know, like for me, over the the last however many years I've changed my workout playlist, but what are like mm. a few songs that always find their way back to your playlist for, Ooh, for workouts? I got you. So steadfast ones. Oh man. I mean, I could, I could, again, I could go real in depth on this, but I'll, I'll keep it especially representing cause he's just passed recently. DMX. Okay. Of course. Any specific song? I'll take any of them. Okay. Where, where, where's the hood at? I actually, I mean, I actually just <laughs> oh. added like eight of his songs to my playlist yeah, after yeah, he passed yeah. away. For yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. You got to represent because of him. Um, I think besides that, who's a, like a newer artist who I've really been listening to a lot, especially recently in terms of uh, more like a hype up uh, music is uh, Lil, Lil Baby. Uh, he's, okay. he's got some, lyrically he's really good and underrated. I didn't know uh, he was as good as he is, but it, it makes sense because he's huge. He's on everybody's music right now. Okay. Um, so I, would say I don't him. think I've heard any of his songs. He's he's on Drake's new song Wants and Needs. And oh, okay, I've heard that song. That verse is ridiculous. I gotta re-listen. I gotta re-listen. Ridiculous. To you know it's a really good song when you make the stank face when you're like, <laughs> like you have someone on, on your top yeah. left and you're like, wow, this is good. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so definitely there. And 
I know you said three. I'm just going to put them on there together. It just anything pretty much Tupac and Biggie. Okay. I can right. always go back to. But I, I, And I know those are all hip-hop rap related, but I don't just strictly. No, it's no, it doesn't. You no, I'm all over the place. I, I want to have a conversation time. about this one time because I feel like no one agrees with me. <laughs> I feel like Biggie Smalls is overrated. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. And just in my opinion, I've been listening to rap music for a long time. I think I think if he This is polarizing. I think if he didn't pass away, I don't think he would be in anyone's top five. Oh, okay. I think I think the and it's unfortunate that his life ended so short, but I think the fact that he died early kind of built up his reputation more. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would have got way better over time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think like in my opinion, yep. I think like people always go Tupac and Biggie, but I think there's so many rappers way ahead of Biggie that they shouldn't always come down to those two. I just in my mind. I, I think if you're thinking broad well, this is going on too long. <laughs> but <laughs> I think if you're thinking broad spectrum, if you're taking everything into account like lyrics are the songs catchy overall like success like commercial success i think like guys like like jay-z nas eminem are like way ahead of of biggie so that's just my opinion but we could have a whole conversation about that one day a non-fitness related podcast for sure for Um, sure those you said which ones always come back and those guys are obviously older you know what i mean oh no no i don't know i i like a biggie song on my playlist i would say in general i think he's i think he's a little overrated just overall as a rapper that's just my opinion (laughs) no comment (laughs) all right so uh that what's uh okay so this is kind of like a two-parter What's your favorite food that's kind of like an everyday, something that you eat relatively regularly? Mm-hmm. And what's a favorite kind of like cheat or treat food? Mm, okay. So, uh, a favorite everyday food, um, just anything breakfast. I'm huge. I love making breakfast. <laughs> I uh, make a lot for breakfast. So, okay. um, yeah, pretty much. I, I love, like, I could have breakfast for dinner. I could have breakfast at night. I mean, just, you know, eggs, anything, waffles, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and, I mean, you know, there's so many products now where you can make it with protein in it and, you know, yeah. like with Kodiak cakes and all that stuff. So, I would say definitely anything breakfast. And then what was the other second part? Favorite, like, cheat food. Like, something like oh, a treat. Like, say you're on vacation okay. or you're going out to dinner. Like, like what's, like, your go-to kind of cheat food? Mm. You're not worrying about calories or protein. You're just worrying about taste. Strictly just taste. Over recently, I've been really into just like a good burger, a oh, really yeah. good burger and yeah. some good fries. It's underrated. Underrated. Yeah, hugely underrated. Burgers got bastardized with McDonald's. People don't yeah, oh, yeah. think of burgers as they're they're good, man. Yeah, there's levels to burgers. There's levels. I've, there's I've, levels to. I've it. had some real good burgers, some steak too. Red, you know what I would say? Actually, I'll revert back to just the everyday thing: is red meat. Um, has been huge. All of a sudden, recently, I've I've wanted it every single day. So now, yeah, I, I eat it. it I eat a ton of red meat actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our favorite favorite place that you've already traveled to, and a place that you want to travel to that where you haven't been yet. So I would like to go to Turks and Caicos. Yeah. Or you know, Aruba, one of those places mm-hmm. where it looks just like strictly secluded, like just blue waters. Yeah. You know, like that's that's my type of perfect place is. Quiet, closed, just with my people, just Absolutely. you know, my small circle, and that's it. Um, I would say, as far as somewhere I've been, my favorite trip still to this day has to be I went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Oh, nice! Changed my life. That's awesome. And talking about I, food, I feel like things. I feel like I I was maybe following you on social media when you <laughs> went there, and I so when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, he did go to. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's the only trip. I think ever that I've ever really posted like pretty much most of it on social media. And I don't remember any of it. I just remember. <laughs> and I'm not that type of person usually to do that, but I'm happy because I saved so many memories. Oh yeah. And that actually sparked me 
to then start doing like photo albums for every single trip I go on. Now. Oh, so it started way, a good practice. More, you're way more organized than that. <laughs> and that's a good thing I, that you're organized on it because I'm not. <laughs> All right, and then uh, I think that, oh yeah, so t- the quick ones. Uh, what's like a favorite TV show or movie, but like an obscure one? Like not like a one that most people would think that like, you know, that would be someone's favorite show. Like something really obscure, maybe it's like a guilty pleasure or something. It doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure, but like, you know, usually as someone it's their favorite movie, they're like, oh, The Godfather. I mean, now you, you probably never even watched it. Oh, like, so, oh, I mean, yeah, like as far as a movie, I mean, I don't think because it's kind of like cartoony, so people might be kind of weird, but Avatar? I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I saw the movies and I saw 3D and it was like insane. Okay, and, yeah, I wasn't. And, and you know what? Like, I always wondered how I would look like next to an avatar because avatars are 14 feet tall. I'm half of them. So it, it almost gave me um, some scalability. <laughs> it allowed me to realize what like a five foot person thinks when they look. That like is really me. interesting. I never know. That's, that's <laughs> crazy to think about. That, just, that actually just blew my mind to think that like you go through everyday life not knowing what it's like for people to be taller than you. Yeah. It, that is crazy. Because right? like I'm not short. I'm like, I'm like just like, like literally like a quarter inch. It's very frustrating. A quarter inch under six feet. Yep. But like I meet people taller than me all the time. I'm like you don't. That's really, yeah. that really, that's really I'm always the big spoon, man. I never know what's <laughs> like, I never know No one like. wants the small spoon, me. <laughs> all right. And then uh, what are some, uh, like, give me one really big gym or fitness pet peeve and one like day-to-day like in your house pet peeve or maybe like out in society pet peeve that has nothing to do with fitness. So gym pet peeve and then like a day-to-day kind of social pet peeve. Hmm. All right. Well, I would say day-to-day uh, pet peeve would just be negativity. Okay, <laughs> it that's it seems like something so broad. No, when someone's just like a downer all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've realized just how much, how, how much of the rewards that you reap when you just live a life based off of just positivity and gratitude. Yeah. It's, and it's, you have to actively think about doing it. It's like anything else. You have to put the work in. Like it's yeah. not like it's just going to happen, but your life feels different when you are able to live that way. Um, and I think we all can relate to that because everyone's been in a bad place. Everyone's been in, in a good place, you know, yeah. so we've gone through that spike. Um, and then pet peeve in the gym. <laughs> Leaving weights on the floor, leaving heavy weights on the floor. Yeah. Because I wasn't always someone that was strong enough to lift them, oh, you know, especially younger and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, man. I remember when I used to work at a change gym, uh, like I would come in at, uh, you know, uh, 4.45 in the morning. Yep. And uh, there'd be like a bar loaded with 3.15 just in the middle of the floor. I'm just like, dude, like when you when you deadlifted that, like, I don't know what goes through your mind when you do that last rep, you <laughs> let go of the bar and you're just like, all right, well, I'm done. And just walk away. It's yeah. crazy. Like it was obviously heavy enough when you were lifting it to use it uh, within your program like it was providing you with enough resistance like don't you think that you would want to put it back dude even if, I mean, even if, it, even if it was just 135 it just doesn't make Still. sense to me like you just let go of the bar and you're just like alright all right, I'm done <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's true all right, so we, we kept you guys long enough I hope you uh, people out there are still listening if you are listening to this um Ty, what's uh, you know, give people a quick, you know, where can what's the name of your website? Where can they find you on social media? And then we'll call it a day. For sure. So uh, as far as the website go, guys, you can meet me uh, right on nourishwithty.com. All right, there's just nourishwithty.com. As far as Instagram goes, uh, nourishwithty, the same as far as my Instagram. Facebook, uh, you can reach me at either Tyler Hammett or Nourish. We'll also have its own Facebook page up and raring to go. 
And yeah, if you guys like the podcast, we appreciate you guys popping in. Um, Please leave us a five-star rating. Leave any comments, anything you guys would like to hear. Let us know. Shoot us an email. You can reach me at Ty at Nourish with Ty, or excuse me, Tyler at NourishWithTy.com, or you can reach Adam at Abadger at BadgerStrength.com. All right, let us know uh, what you guys thought about the podcast. Please shoot us a message, DM, anything works. We'd love to hear from you guys, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, awesome.